Yes, God, we, we thank you for that, Lord. You initiated relationship with us. We didn't love you, but you loved us, Lord God. You loved us first. We thank you for your unbreakable, unshakable love for us, Lord God. Even when we are faithless, you are faithful, Lord. And God, we ask that you help us to rest in that love more and more, Lord, the, the strength of your love. Help us uh, believe you more and more. Help us trust your good word to us, what you've said, what you're saying, Lord God. Help us uh, stand firm in you, with you, Lord. We love you because you loved us first. Thank you for this time together. Amen. All right. Go ahead and take a seat. Good to see you. The spread. I like it. All right. Imagine, if you will, imagine waking up in a hospital and not knowing who you are. How many stories have begun like that, right? You wake up in the hospital, you don't know who you are. You don't know where you are. Your memory is erased. Now there's a, there's a woman and two children there. Uh, they're by your side. They know you, but you have no idea who they are. They are complete strangers. And over the years, several years actually, they try to help you recover your memories, showing you pictures and things like this. But even after several years, you have no memory of those things. Permanent amnesia. It's hard to imagine, but uh, it actually happened to a guy named Scott Bolzan after he fell and hit his head at work. Uh, gone were the memories of... Uh, his career in the NFL, uh, his, he started an aviation business, didn't have any recollection of that, didn't remember the birth of his two children. This is uh, a story I read about, happened in 2008, and uh, three years later, still no memories. Um, I'm not sure about today, I wasn't able to catch up on that. But now you go back to the hospital a second, okay? You wake up, you know nothing about your situation. What do you need to know first? What do you want to know first when you're there? You wake up. What do you want to know? Huh? Your name. Who? What's my name? Who am I? Let's start there. What else would be important to know? Where am I? Okay, you're getting your orientation. Who am I? Where am I? What's another piece that'll help? When, uh, when am I? Where are, you know, where are we in the scenario of things? All right. Now, uh, more realistically for most of us, maybe you've experienced this. Uh, you woke up from surgery. I just saw Mike back. Awesome to see you, brother. Um, you can, maybe you had a traumatic experience. Maybe you lost a spouse. Maybe you, you got a divorce. Maybe you got fired or didn't get the job that you wanted. Maybe you didn't make the team. I remember me in high school. I didn't make the tennis team. I wasn't as good as I thought. It kind of shook my world. Uh, maybe you don't get into the college you want. Uh, you move to a new place in your country and you're confused, you're a bit disoriented. Who am I now in this place, in this situation? Who am I? It's this big identity question. We, we touched on it at uh, family camp. Um, really powerful foundational stuff that we need to get 
into us. So we're going to circle back and spend a little time on that today. The question, who am I? Who are you? That will be your key point of orientation in life. Now, when you're growing up, how do you find out who you are? When you're growing up, think you're a kid, you know, think about maybe your children, if you have children. How do you find out that process? What does that process involve? Well, first, you begin with your name, right? What's my name? Well, your parents have picked a name for you. Hopefully, it's a name you like. <laughs> Don't have a lot of control over that one. Um, your name is Steve. You are a smith. Uh, you're tall. Hey, you're, you're smart. Or, man, you're a pain. You're a handful. Uh, you're friendly. Uh, you're sullen. <laughs> Whatever those labels, we begin to uh, get labels put on us. Some very positive, some pretty darn brutal, pretty harsh. All of us, labels get put on us. These form our sense of who we are. And this is timeless. This has been happening at least 2,000 years. We can say since the dawn of humanity. But let's go back 2,000 years now, all right, to when Jesus was walking around teaching, preaching, demonstrating the, the power of God's kingdom in Israel, that three-and-a-half-year public ministry. We're going to go there. It's toward the beginning of that ministry. Uh, the scene we're going to look at is just after Jesus healed the paralytic that was dropped down from the roof. Your sins are forgiven. You know, after that event, we read this. This is Luke chapter 5. It's up here. It's in your bulletin. Luke chapter 5, 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me. Jesus said to him, and Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Okay, just a little snippet there, but from the text, what do you know about Levi? He's a tax collector. Okay, a positive label, negative label. Yeah, you could insert instead greedy traitor. You know, he's working for the Romans to collect taxes, and he's taking a cut. He's probably making rich, getting rich on it. He's not a liked person in Israel. All right, so that's la that label's been attached to Levi. It's the first thing we hear about, a tax collector um, named Levi. All right, and then what, what happens? Then Jesus does what? He sees this tax collector named Levi. What does he do? Calls him. Come, follow me. All right. So then we have a new label put on Levi. What is it? What is he now? Follower. Follower of Jesus. Jesus follower. All right. Then what does he do? Verse 29. Then, after this, Levi held a great banquet, a huge party for Jesus at his house. He had, probably had a pretty nice house. Uh, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, so they were there as well, who belonged to their sect, that group, complained to his disciples, Jesus' other disciples, why do you, talking about Jesus and the disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? 
All right, so let's, let's, who's with Jesus and Levi so far? Sinners. Hey, that, positive label, negative label? Negative label, okay. Tax collectors, and then these Pharisees, all right? So, and that's probably a more positive label because they kind of had high status uh, in that culture. All right, now, these are labels put on them by others, okay? We, we don't hear names here. We hear tax collectors, sinners, and Pharisees. Okay, now let's bring that back to today, to today, to you. Who are you in the eyes of others? What labels do people put on you that you carry around, that you wear around? What are the labels that people put on you? Who are you in the eyes of others? And I, you have a bulletin, hopefully, or you can just think about this. Think about some positive labels. Let's start there. What are some kind of positive labels that people have put on you that you're like, hey, I like that one. I, I could own that. Um, Write some of those down. I'll give you a couple minutes here. I'm going to write down here a little bit as well. Okay. I, I threw down uh, pastor, dad, friend, fun guy. Uh, negative labels can be temperamental, moody. There's probably more, but I, you know, I didn't want to go down that too, too far. Uh, maybe you have some you can share with me label later. <laughs> All right, so it's good to be just aware of these labels because they form, they can form and impact who we think we are and how we act in the world. All right, now the next question is, are these labels true? Are they true? Yeah. I mean, think about the things that people have said about you. Maybe recently, are they true? Maybe, somewhat, some of them. There's probably some things people have called you lately, past year, that you're like, I'm not sure if that's true. Hopefully that's not true. All right. Okay, so, you know, we can hold these tentatively, right? We're not necessarily, these are solid, you know, true, but maybe some of them anyway, or have some truth to it. Now, next question, who are you in your own eyes? So, who are you in other people's eyes? Now, who are you in your own eyes, your own self-evaluation? What labels do you put on yourself? How do you think of yourself? You know, sometimes they're, you know, we just take those straight from others. Sometimes we filter them out. What do you think of yourself? What are some, I'll give you a minute. What are some positive labels you put on yourself? What are some negative labels? Positive labels, negative labels. Okay. I had a few. Mine were kind of similar to the first group. I have a hard time distinguishing between what people have said and what I think of myself. Um, now, are these labels true? Like, are they true, true? Are they really real? Maybe somewhat, you know, at least some of them. It's very difficult to see ourselves clearly, isn't it? You know, think about other people. Sometimes they, they have a hard time seeing themselves clearly. So do you. We have a hard time seeing ourselves clearly. So we have some labels that are attached to us, people put on us. You have labels that you put on yourself. Now, if you truly want clarity, if you want to really know who you are, is there a source that you can go to? Do we have an alternative source between, besides people who are flawed and and imperfect, and maybe have their own motives and agendas and hang-ups, including ourselves. We need another source, don't we? Man, wouldn't it be great if there's somebody outside of us who knew everything 
and judged correctly, could see things truly as they are. And we do. If you're in a relationship with God, you've come to know this one who names what really is and speaks what really is. So here's the main question today, and this is what we really want to hold on to, not just today, but keep, keep in this, is who are you in God's eyes? What, what does God say about you? What label does he put on you? What is his word over you? What does he say? What does he reveal? And you, you don't have to guess about it. It's been clearly articulated and preserved for us. And you can go back and, and read it again because sometimes we forget. We get mixed up with these other labels. We forget who we are. We get confused. And so we can go back to God's written word and find out who we are. All right, now let's go back to the text. Remember, the religious leaders just asked Jesus, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Labels that they put on these groups of people. All right, they don't see people made in the image of God. They see tax collectors and sinners. Why are you eating with these people? All right, listen, listen to what Jesus says in response. Verse 31, Jesus answered them, it's not the healthy, it's not the healthy, two groups here. It's not the healthy who need a doctor. It's not the healthy. So he's putting a label on a group of people. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. All right, the healthy and the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, healthy, righteous, but sinners, the sick, sinners to repentance. So in Jesus' eyes, in God's eyes, what does he see? He scans over all humanity. He sees two groups, two groups of people. Here they are. First, the righteous, the healthy. All right, the righteous, the healthy. And sinners, the sick. Well, that sounds pretty harsh, Jesus. Come on, God. This is the way things really are. This is the one who sees things as they really are. So two groups, all right? The righteous, healthy, sinners, the sick. And what did Jesus come to do? What did he say? What is he still doing today? He came to seek and save the lost, sinners, the sick, and save them, right? He came to save them, to move them from here over to here, to bring people in this group into this group. He came calling sinners to repent, to turn, and to get into this group. And he's made a way. He's calling the sick into health. Next people on this list, the lost, the lost over here, and the saved. All right, moving people from lost to saved. Now, what else has Jesus said through his word about these two groups? Let's do a little bit together here now. We've got a whiteboard going now. We're going to list down some of the things that God has said about these two groups. All right, so let's start with sinners, the sick. What are some other um, labels, ways that God has identified this group? We're getting clarity here on who we are and where we are. Okay, so other, other terms. Shout them out. You got to really shout it out because you're so far away. Preston's got something. 
Uh, we're going to start with sinners, the lost, the sick. Unhappy. Unhappy, okay. I can't think of a verse. We're going to just stick with Bible verses, but that we can make that assumption, yeah. Now, really, we want clarity about this, so we're listening to what has Jesus revealed. What has God revealed clearly through Scripture? Let's go there. Yeah, Ann. Man, dead, dead in their sins, okay? Dead in sins, we could say, dead in sins. That's, again, that sounds harsh, right? It's the way it is. It's what really is. Wicked. He's given clarity. Wicked, he's, he attaches that to sinners. This other word, wicked. Strangers. Did I hear strangers? Yeah. Strangers, yep, that's Ephesians 2 as well. Strangers. Enemies of God. Not neutral, not just sick and hurting, but enemies of God. When I'm in my sins, when I'm living in that place, I am working, I'm operating in hostility against God and His way and His purposes. All right, enemies of God. Filthy? Selfish. Yes, selfish. Selfish. Lying. Say, thank you. Can't hear. Deaf and blind. Idolaters. So that means I'm putting something else above God. I'm worshiping and serving something else before God. It might be myself. It might be my marriage. It might be my career. It might be money. Whatever. Idolater. Man, I really can't hear. It's the wind. I blame the wind. Forsaken. Thanks, Richard. Forsaken. Okay, I'm going to add a couple more here. Um, condemned. And under God's wrath. That's John 3. And we don't like to talk about this one, but hell bound. Bound for everlasting punishment. God's word, don't blame me, man. This is what God has said. This is what God has revealed. He wants you to have clarity about this. Because he wants you to know who you are and where you stand. All right, so this is the sinners and the sick, okay? All right, we're getting those straight from the text. All right, next, let's go to the righteous and the healthy. Righteous and healthy. So we've moved from lost to saved, okay? Um, Dead in sins, alive in Christ. When you were dead in your sins and the trespasses in which you used to live, God made you alive in Christ. You're alive. You were dead, spiritually dead, separated from God. We can add separated from God on the other list. but So now you're, I'm going to add right away, um, made alive, united to God. Pretty important on the other one, other list is separated from God. Okay, so saved, made alive, alive in Christ. Uh, other terms we use are reborn, born again. 
believer, child of God, let's say son or daughter of God, you, if you're in this group, that's, we'll answer that question next, but this group, sons and daughters of God, not enemies of God, sons and daughters of God, um, friends of God. Okay, instead of worshiping idols, what are we worshiping? God. Okay, God worshipers. What do you have, Preston? Yes, something else. Joy. You have joy. Yeah. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit that is now in you. You can also add Spirit filled. Now we're in, we have a new people. You're part of something else. It's not just about what God's doing in you, you're part now of God's family. Member of God's family? Mike. Body of Christ. You're part of a body. You're, you're a part of the body of Christ. An important part. Every one of you. Got some elbows out there. Got some th thumbs. Amber. Okay, translate. Bring it through. We'll play. Huh? Heaven bound. Woohoo! New heavens, new earth. Heaven bound. That's fixed. You can be if you're in this group, you can be confident you will go to heaven. When you die, you don't need to fear what's going to happen. If you're in this group, you are heaven bound. God will bring you there. We have freedom. Yeah, we're no longer bound by sin and death. We have freedom. All right, it's a good list. Okay, so we have our two lists. We have our two groups. What did Jesus say he came to do? What did he tell these Pharisees? Yes, I have not come to call the righteous. They're already fine. I've not come to call the righteous. I've come to call sinners... This group over here, to repentance, to turn. That word means to turn. I've come to move people in that group into this group. That's what God is doing in the world. That's what Jesus came to do. Now, how does he do it? He calls people to repent, to turn. All right, to turn away from this sin. I recognize, man, I'm in this place. I'm in this group. God help me, and I want to come out. I want to be in this other group. I'm turning to God. Now let's listen. Let's think about Levi again. Now, when Jesus called him, what was what was Levi? Tax collector. Yep. And separated from God in that place, in that other category. Then what did Jesus do? Called out to him. Jesus initiated this. Comes up to him, calls him, says, Follow me. Follow me. Let's go. And what did Jesus do? I mean, what did Levi do? Got up, left everything, followed. This, is a, this should be a great image. What does repentance mean? Think of Levi, tax collector booth. He's there. He's in that group. Jesus comes, calls, says, come follow. Levi says, yes, 
I'm going. Now, why did, why did Levi do this? Did Jesus use the force? I, it's not in that text. What can we assume about Levi? What, you know, he's, he's probably heard Jesus teaching and preaching. You know, he's in this town. He's, he's heard the rumors. He's heard the things. He's heard something about Jesus. He knows something. He repented because what? He He was convicted. He believed. He believed. Jesus is who he is. Jesus is who he says he is. He, he believed his words about himself. Jesus' words about himself. He believed what Jesus was saying. He put his trust in it enough to get up, leave everything behind, and to attach himself to Jesus, and to follow him, and to keep following him. And then go down the road a few, probably, probably about 30 more years. How else do we know Levi? What's his other name? Matthew. Matthew. And what's Matthew famous for? Book of Matthew. He's one of the, the, the ones that God used to author this Bible that we have. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He wrote this. He wrote Matthew. The Bible is the most published, most read book in the world ever. Not debatable fact. Look it up. All right? So Matthew is one of the most read authors ever. It's amazing, right? Because he got up. Not only did he get up and start following Jesus, but God worked through him and continues to work powerfully through him today, through his words, through the good work that he did as a follower of Jesus. What label did Jesus give to Levi, to Matthew, later? He's one of the twelve. Twelve what? Apostles. Yeah, disciples or apostles. Sent ones. Sent ones. No longer tax collector. Apostle. Change the label. So here's the situation this morning. If you just woke up, who am I? I mean, a, a big question, number one importance is, what group am I in? In God's eyes, who am I? Where am I? What's my situation? That's what God came to do. God has come in Jesus. He's still doing this. He's moving people. He's saving people from category one, moving them to category two. Where are you? If you're in that category, sinners, lost, sick, if you're in that category, or maybe you're just not sure, listen to what Jesus says. Mark 1.15, the time has come. The time has come. Today is the day. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Maybe you don't know why you're here this morning. Well, know this, the kingdom of God, God's rule and reign, God's presence is near this morning. So what should you do? Repent. Turn from that to new life. Repent and believe. Believe the good news that you're hearing. 
Believe it. Trust it. Get up. Start following. The time is now. And listen to Jesus, Luke 13, 3 and 5. Unless you repent, you too will perish. That's pretty straightforward. There's some urgency here. How do you do it? Repent and be baptized. Acts 2.38. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, to, re to be washed of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God's presence. New life. New birth. Be baptized. If you have any questions about that, you're, you're unsure what group you're in, please talk to me during, we're going to have some small group time. Come over to me. Talk to me. Ask your questions. Maybe you're just not sure on some things. Come talk to me. God wants to give you confidence this morning that you are in the group, the righteous. Or if you're not, to help you move there. That's why he came. Now, if you know you are in the group, the righteous, because God has saved you in Christ, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Here's the step for you. What labels have been put on you by others or by yourself? This morning, God wants you to take some of those off. They don't fit you anymore. And put on the label that he has for you. What does God say about you? Let that become your primary identity. So we're going to break up now into small groups to give you time to process this. Two questions. What old identity is God calling you to take off and leave behind? It's in your bulletins up here. What is, next one, what is God saying to you about who you truly are? Talk about those as a group. Anne's going to help split us up in groups. And capture these two things. And if you're unsure about which group you're in, come talk to me during the small group time.